Welcome to Sunday Morning at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. Now, here's Pastor Goss. Find the notes that are there in your bulletin. We're going to begin a new series for this month. We've entitled it, More Connected But More Disconnected. You see, you and I live in a day and time where we've never been more connected than we have today, and it's all because a little bitty phone that you carry with you everywhere you go. And every time you look at it, it, it is your life. And if you forget it one day and leave it at home and go to work, you are shaking all day. Because what if somebody's trying to get a hold of me? What if somebody texts me and I can't answer them? What, what if, you know, I need to know something and I can't do it? What if I need to tell somebody something and I can't? And so we stay very connected with one another. When I was a kid growing up, you know, my, mom, dad, somebody would tell me someday, you know, a, a lot, almost every day, go outside and don't come back until supper, dark out, lights come on, pick something. And we were gone all afternoon and everybody was fine with that. Now, well, you can go out in the yard, but you text me if something happens. And every 15 minutes, I want you to let me know everything's okay. And we're more connected than we've ever been in our lives. But it seems like we're more disconnected from God than we've ever been. You see, with being so connected, you would think everything would be going well. But according to some government statistics, we're in a loneliness epidemic Two in five Americans report that they sometimes or always feel their social relationships are not meaningful, and one in five says they feel lonely or socially isolated. 43% of seniors feel lonely on a regular basis. We live independently, but we long for connection. Two in five Americans sometimes are always feel that their relationships are not meaningful. Loneliness is the number one fear of young people today, ranking ahead of losing a home or a job. Connected, but disconnected. You know, part of this is, has to do with our suicide rate. Suicide is the second leading cause of death among individuals between the ages of 10 and 34. The fourth leading cause of death among individuals between ages 35 and 54. Twice as many suicides in the United States as there are homicides. Where are we? We're connected. We, we, I, got a, I got a whole friend list. I got a bunch of people that I constantly text and say connected to. But we're disconnected. George Barna recently did a survey, and he said that 44% of American Christians say that attending church is not essential to their faith. Christians. I don't need to be connected there. I'm connected here. So what do we do about this? Because it's not going away, and please hear me, the problem is not the phone. The problem is us. 
Let's be honest about it. It's not getting rid of things. Don't think for a moment I'm standing up here saying, oh, you got to get rid of that and get rid of No, no, no. It's us. So we long for connection. We think we can have in the handheld device, but we tend to find ourselves falling farther and farther away from that which connects us to God. So I want to talk to you this morning about what prayer involves. Because isn't that how we stay connected to God? And here's what I believe. If we are connected to God in a right way, we'll feel connected to others as well. If we're connected to God like we should be, then life will be much better for us and we won't feel as lonely or as isolated as we do at times just because of life and what it brings our way. And so what we long for is this connection somewhere. We try to find it in all kinds of different things, but the real connection that we were built for and that we long for is a connection with God. Now, Jesus talked about this in a passage in John chapter 15. It's probably familiar to you. And I just want to walk you through it in a, in a way that just kind of puts some things on the table about when you and I pray or connect with God, here's what that involves and here's what that means and here's what it should do for us and here's how we should handle this and here's what we should look for and here's what we should be about. Because sometimes I think we put prayer in this isolated place that, you know, pastor, you just want me to get some time and spend it alone with God and just talk to him. Well, that'd be okay. But see, prayer is something that as a Christian is my lifestyle. It's this communication. It's this connectedness that is there all the time. Not once in a while, not just for a few moments that I want to set aside at a certain time. It goes with me throughout the day. It stays with me all the time. That's what being connected to him means. So we're going to look at this and break it down and kind of talk about some things this morning quickly. I don't have enough time to get into it, but in the weeks ahead, we'll get into some of the other stuff about it. And we're going to talk about what it involves for us to have this connection with God through prayer. First thing, purification purification. In other words, when I come to God and stay close to him, I have to be a better person. Correct? God wants to make me better than what I am. My relationship with God should make me better. It should purify me. Here's what he says, John chapter 15, verse 1, I'm the true grapevine, my father's the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so that they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. So as we live in Christ and the message he's given, in the words that he's given to us, we become better people. Now, let's be honest. Pruning is painful. God tries to cut away things in your life and in my life that aren't necessary for us. Sometimes they're things, there's nothing maybe of themselves is wrong with them, except that they're keeping us from having the relationship with God that we need to have. 
And so he comes into my life, and when I come to him, I must come with this attitude and with this heart that says, God, if there's anything in my life that is keeping me from being closer to you than what I am, and I want to be more close to you than I am, then I give you permission to cut it away. I give you permission to help me eliminate it. I give you permission to tell me to stop it. I give you permission to tell me what's wrong. And sometimes, you know, we don't want to go to God because (laughs) I'm afraid he might tell me some things I need to stop doing. And I don't want to stop doing them. And sometimes I'm afraid to get too close because I might be, not be able to be the person I want to be, do what I want to do, have what I want to have. And so sometimes we keep a distance when we understand and what God is going to tell us and what we're going to see through the rest of this passage is God wants to take our lives and make them better. Do you believe that? Okay. And to make it better, sometimes that's painful. Sometimes I have to be told no. Sometimes I have to be told stop. Sometimes I get to be told go for it. But God says, look, I'm the vine. You know, there's a gardener involved. We're going to live and grow together. I want to help you. And if your life isn't producing the fruit of joy, if your life isn't producing the fruit of peace, if your life isn't producing the fruit of self-control, if your life isn't producing the fruit of patience, then we're going to cut away some things in your life, prune it out, so that you can be purer better than what you are today and as a result of that you will be closer to me and I've given you the message I've given you the way to do this and I want to help you do it so whenever I go to God with prayer and say connected with God one of the things I have to give him permission to do is God you go ahead and do whatever needs to be done so that I can be better in your sight That's where you start. I want more. God said, you really want more? Oh, God, I want more. You really want more? I want more. Okay, good. Then we need to get rid of, oh, God, hold it. I want more. I know. I'm going to give you more. But first, we got to cut away some things. we got to deal with some things. They're hindering you from having more. But, God, there's nothing wrong with it. I know, except it's hindering you from having more. So Purification. That's where it starts, that connection, that desire. Because God is holy, and what does he tell us to be? Holy. Be holy because I'm holy. Let me help you. Let me purify you. I'm going to make you more like me. Not said, but implied. I'm not going to make you more like the world. Second thing. Dedication. Dedication. What that means is, God, no matter what happens, I'm in this for the long haul. No matter what happens, I'm going to stay put. Now, notice what he says. You remain in me, 
and I'll remain in you. Whose responsibility to remain? Mine. Dedication, commitment to. You remain in me. What I want, what you want. For a branch, who's the branch? Cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. I can be connected all I want to a device. But if I'm not connected to God, my fruit bearing is done. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I'm the vine. (laughs) You're the branches. Don't get those things confused. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit for a... Oh boy, is this line great. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Nada. Nothing. You can be connected to everything else you want to be connected to. But if you're not connected to me, your life is going nowhere. Apart from me, nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and it withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. So I come to that place where I say to God, God, I am dedicated to you. I am devoted to you. I recognize in my life that whatever I try to do on my own, with my own intellect, with my own power, my own strength, with my own will, whatever I try to do by myself will fail me. Now, please hear me. At first, it may seem like you're succeeding. At first, it may look like, okay, I can do this. For a while, you may be able to believe, okay, I did it, it's working, this is going to be great. But eventually, it will fail. Guaranteed. So God, I come to you knowing that if I do it on my own, I'm going to make a mess of my life. So I am here to tell you today, I understand clearly that without you in my life, there is nothing I can do in my life that will make it successful. There is nothing I can do in my life that will give me joy and peace. Without you, your ways purify me, make me more like you. Without you, God, without me being dependent on you for everything, I'm going to fail. Now that goes against our independence, doesn't it? Well, I I have a right to. (laughs) You come to God and you say, God, I give up my rights. I don't have them. You always do what's right. I'm dependent on you for this. I am devoted to you. I am dedicated to you. God, whatever you want, I will follow your direction and do what you say because here's what I know. If I go any other way, I am going to fail and make my life a mess because apart from you, I can do nothing. Nothing. So Jesus is talking to his disciples. He's saying, look, understand, we're the vine and the branches. 
we're here to prune you. We're here to purify you. We're here to make you a better person. And when that process starts, you can't bail on me. You need to stay connected to me, devoted to me, dependent on me, dedicated to me, because apart from me, you're going to fail. Has to be that belief, that understanding, that knowledge. Because all of us are guilty sometimes of thinking our way is pretty good and we'll make it. And we won't. Next, supplication. Now, I know for some of you, I've already messed up your notes because it's not the same letter at the start. That's okay. It's a new year. But if you look at the end, the ending is all the same. So we'll give, it'll, be, it'll be okay. So some of you, you know, that I know get a little nervous when things get changed, but it's, it's all right. It's all right. You'll be okay. Supplication. Supplication. Notice what he says. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, words, purification, right? That's what he said in the pre- first point. Remain, the second point. You may ask for anything you want and it'll be granted. Wow. That's a pretty good deal. You mean I can ask for anything I want? Yeah. All right, I'm in. But there's a couple of conditions, isn't there? God says, I want you to come to me. Ask me. And here's the deal. If you remain in me, My words remain in you. I can trust you to ask me for things that are in line with my will. Because you will be right in what you want. You'll be right in your desire to have more of me and to be closer to me. You will be right because you're connected to me. And you won't go off asking for junk that doesn't matter. You'll stay in line with what I know is right and what you know is right. And you're not going to go asking for, oh, God, please help me to win the lottery. (laughs) No, I have the lottery. God, he provides everything. And so when I stay in him, when he stays in me, I'm asking things that line up with what he wants because what I want is more of him and whatever he wants. We have this mutual thing going on. He wants what's best for me. I want what's best for me. I know he's best for me. He knows he's best for me. And he says, look, if we'll stay in this relationship, if we'll stay connected like that, you can come before me and you can ask pretty much anything you want. No, he doesn't say pretty much. You can ask whatever, anything. And you'll get it because I know your heart and I know your desires and I know who you want to please and I know what you want most out of life and I know you'll ask for things that will help you be closer to me and not just things that you can have so you can be like everybody else. And so there's this supplication. God, I'm going to come to you and ask what did I ask for God for? God says, look, I already know your needs. Ask me for them, and I'll meet every need you got. Come to me. Ask. I care. I'll take care of you. Come to me and ask, and I'll help you, and I'll provide what you have need of. 
Ask for those things that are going to advance the kingdom. Seek his kingdom above all else and everything else will be taken care of. So there comes that understanding of connectedness that I come before God and too many times we just use prayer as this thing to say, well, you know what? I'll just try to get God to give me what I want and we just go to him because we have something we want. I want this. I need this. I've got to have this. And we don't think for a moment, hold it. What's God trying to do in my life and how's he directing my life? And I want him more than anything else. And rather than me just giving him orders and giving him a shopping list of what I want and maybe using the magic word in Jesus' name at the end of it, then maybe I can get whatever I want to have right now. Maybe what I should do is stop for a moment and say, God, you know what I want? More than anything else, I just want to be close to you. God, my life is going to be lived for you and would you help me to know the things that I need to pray for and help me to know the things that you want to do in my life? because there's nothing that matters more. So God, here I am. I'm going to ask, you tell me to, but I'm going to do my very best to ask for those things that will please you, not just please me. And sometimes it's very hard for us to ask for things that please God, but doesn't please us. Oh God, would you help me forgive that person who took advantage of me and isn't remorse at all and is going their own merry way? And God, you know I don't want to. And God, I really want to pray for you to get them and give them what they deserve. But God, I know it would please you more that if I forgive them and you forgive them, and you bless them. Right? And how many times in our lives we think we're asking for things, oh God, this is what you want, oh God, this is great. But in reality, it's us. And so there's a supplication that I get to go to God in prayer in our connectedness to say, God, here's what I'm praying for. But God, what I want most of all is you, and so I understand you may tell me no. I understand that's there, but help me. It's like this. Let me just give you a little thing I've had to learn over the years. When there's something going on, I think you look at it, and I think your conversation with God begins like this. God, how do you want me to pray about this? Sometimes it may be, God, okay, would you bring healing into their life? Sometimes it may be, God, okay, take them home. But God's still in control, isn't he? God, I want your heart. I want your desires. I want to ask for those things because I'm in you and you're in me. And we're together on this. And I need to know what you want because what you want is what I want. Supplication. Adoration. Adoration. Verse 8. When you produce much fruit, 
You're my true disciples. And this brings great glory to my Father. God, I want to live my life so that you get glory. I want to live my life to please you. I want my life to reflect your love, your greatness, your goodness, your mercy, your kindness, your patience, your peace. I want my life to reflect that, and I want to produce the fruit so that you will get the credit. I want you to be the one who is glorified. And thus, when I talk to God, there should be, would you agree with me, a lot of adoration involved, a lot of praise involved, a lot of declaring his greatness, his goodness, because that keeps me on track with understanding what this is all about, because it's not about me, it's about him. And I need to make him bigger and bigger in my life every day. I need to make him greater and greater all the time. And so there's this understanding that, God, when I come to you, I'm not just going to walk in, start telling you what I want, and then leave. God, I want to spend some time telling you how great you are. And God, I want to spend some time thanking you for your goodness to me. And I want to spend some time thanking you for how much I love you and give you praise for things and how you care for me and take care of me. And God, I want my perspective to be on your greatness and not on me. I want you to receive credit. I want you to be honored because God, I love you. And there's adoration. There's this desire to please him, this desire to have him become greater. And so I take time to just tell him. So throughout our day to stay connected to God, it's not, well, okay, I'll stay connected to God. Just all throughout the day, I'll just keep asking him for the things that I need. No. Throughout the day, I'll just take the time in my mind, no matter where I'm at, driving the car, in the office, in my home, God, you're great. God, you're wonderful. Sing a course that we sing here. Sing something. Sing it to him. Make him greater. Make him bigger. It keeps your heart where it needs to be. Because you know what? You can spend your day and your free time checking your device all you want. Or you can spend some time just in your mind and nobody has to know it and you don't even have to do it out loud. Of God, I'm glad you're with me today. I'm glad I'm not alone. I'm glad you're here. I'm so grateful for all that you do for me. You're so kind. God, I just want to tell you again how much I care for you. And God, you're more than I can express. You're wonderful. I care for you. That keeps you connected, doesn't it? And so there's this understanding of adoration when I go. And that's what Jesus is telling them. Look, you know, you can come to me and pray and you can ask what you want. But there's this connectedness that has to be going on in order for your prayers to be heard and answered. And part of that involves you need to understand that it's all about God's glory and not yours. It's about God's glory and not your comfort. It's about what God wants, not about what you want until your heart is such that you want what God wants.
Then there's subordination. And we really don't like this one. We really, really don't like this. You mean, I've got to let him be in charge? Uh, Yeah. Notice what it says. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. (laughs) That's a lot of love, folks. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, oh boy, there's obedience things coming up again, isn't it? When you do what I've told you to do, when you're following my word, when you're doing the things there that you know are right, and that you know you need to be doing, you remain in my love. So when I don't obey God, I'm feeling disconnected, aren't I? Disobedience brings disconnection. Just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in His love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. So here's Jesus saying, look, I want you to obey me. And the reason I'm telling you this is because I want you to have great joy. Yeah, right. You just want to boss me around. Ask any teenager. I'm doing this for your own good. Yeah, right. Right. Huh? Now, ask the four-year-old. I'm telling you this, but you'll learn so that you'll have a good life and be a de- No, you, you just want to boss me around. Talk to your neighbor. You're just trying to tell me what to do. What makes you think you know it all? No, I'm just trying to help. No, you're not. You're just trying to tell me what to do. And Jesus says, look, let's make sure we understand something. If you think for a moment that I'm telling you to obey me just because I've got some complex and I've got to have everybody under my control, you're wrong. I'm telling you to obey me because I want your joy to overflow. And I want you to have the greatest life you can possibly have. And I'm doing this for your good. And if you'll remain in me, and if you'll love me, just like I've loved the Father and just like the Father loves me, and you obey me, you will be filled with my joy. Your joy will overflow. Now there is something within all of us that doubts that at times, isn't there? This hurts and is painful. It can't be joyful. Yes, it can. Now notice he doesn't stop there. This is my commandment. Love each other. Hold it. Um, I'm good with loving you, God. But now we've kind of taken a step here down and now it's, I've got to love these people. And then you're going to tell me to love them in the same way that I've loved you? And then you go on to say there's no greater love than to lay down one's life for my friends? By the way, laying down your life doesn't mean I'll take a bullet for you, although you may. But what it does mean is this. 
I won't demand my way over your way. I won't be bossy. I won't be demanding. I won't have to have it like I want it. I'm willing to lay down my way for your way. I'm willing to do what it takes for us to be connected. And let's be honest, one of the reasons, we'll probably deal with this later, one of the reasons we have such a hard time with feeling connected is we become so stinking independent that we've got to have our way in everything. And on this device, I can give my opinion to everybody that I want and they better read it. We're opinionated. And we want everybody to know what we think. But we're not very good at loving others. You're my friends if you do what I command. I love you. I care for you. I want to have this connection with you. Here's how it works. I'll prune you because I want you to be better than you are. I want you to be the very best person you can be. And I know you can do that. I need you to be dedicated to me that no matter what happens, I, you, will stay together and you will not bail on me when it gets a little hard or uncomfortable. And that you will stay true to what you know is right and you can come, we can talk, you can ask, We'll do that. You give me the glory. You live for me. And you be willing to obey me. And if you do that, I will give you the joy in life that everyone is looking for. Jesus says, I'm going to give you peace. The world can't give it, but I can. And when you live in him and be in him, you get peace, don't you? Oh, the world's clamoring now. Oh, no, another war. Oh, no, what's going to go on? Oh, how this is going to happen? This is going to happen. You're going to hear it all week. It's okay. I'm not upset. God's in control. I've got peace. I get to have the joy. Oh, no, you're just not hearing things right. You're just not listening. No, 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 I am. God's in control. He will help me. He will take care of me. And I'm willing to obey. And the heart of obedience is love. Can we agree on that? The heart of obedience is love. Loving God with all your heart, mind, soul, and spirit. And then he says, the second is just like it. You love others. Just like you love yourself. Now, I'm going to say something. I'm not going to spend a lot of time with it. Although I might come back to it later. If you're not loving others... You're not connected to God. And you're going to struggle. If you're carrying offenses, if you don't have a hard time, you just want to take care of you, that's not God's way. So he says, look, I love you. Remain in my love. I'll always love you. You remain there. And I want you to demonstrate that by loving other people. And then finally... Good, get this over with. (laughs) Finally, satisfaction. Satisfaction. Last three verses. I no longer call you slaves. In other words, you're not just one of these people that I'm bossing around telling what to do. 
Because the master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now, you're my friends. I have told you everything the Father has told me. I've opened up to you. I've been honest with you. I'm not just giving you some rules to follow. We're friends now. There's a relationship involved. You didn't choose me. I chose you. (laughs) So God says, look, while you were still a sinner, I'm willing to die for you. And whether you want to be my friend or not, I'm still going to be your friend. I'm still going to do what's best for you. I'm still going to love you. I'm still going to care for you. Whether you choose me or not, I choose you. Wow. In our darkest moments, he still loves us. In the times when we feel like we're all alone, he's still close by. In the times we feel like nobody cares, he cares. He's always there. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit. It's my job description for you. I just want you to produce this fruit that's going to last so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. I want you to have what you need. I want to meet your needs. I want to give you my joy. I want to give you my peace. This is my command love each other. So wrapped in this passage, Jesus talks about being connected. And he used this great illustration of the vine, the gardener. And he talks about, here's how this works. I'm going to be in you. You're going to be in me. We're going to work together. We're going to stay together. You put me in the right place. You stay connected to me. You obey me, do what I want you to do. You love others because that's the way life is to be lived. You're to be lived connected to other people because that connection will help you in your life and in your way. And if we stay connected in that manner, then you and I will have everything we need in life and life will be fulfilling. So here's a very simple question. How connected right now do you feel to God? Does he feel far away? Does he feel like maybe he does, you feel like he doesn't care? Do you chafe at the idea of him telling you to love other people and to be this type of person that you kind of great at? God says, look, the world wants you to be connected to it. But I want you to be connected to me. I'm the vine. You're the branches. Remain in me and in my love. You'll have everything you need. And you'll have the joy of life that only I can give. When you stay connected to me. So today, he's calling us to be connected to him. We all long for it. We all want a connection somewhere. But there's only one connection that will satisfy you. And that's him. 
maybe today you're here, you're not a Christian. That's where you need to start. You've kind of been off on your own, doing your own thing. And God's calling you because he wants you to be connected to him. And you can do that this morning. Say, God, here I am. Forgive me. I want to live for you and not for me. Maybe as a Christian today, you've got caught up in all the stuff going on in the world and you've allowed the world to have more of an influence than it should. Maybe you're here today and you've just got caught up in you. You've picked up some attitudes and some ideas that God wants to cut away. Will you let him? Because that's what he wants to do to help you, not to hurt you. Let's pray. Lord, this morning, it's easy to think we're connected to so much. It's easy to believe that we have it right where we want it. But Lord, sometimes in our connectedness to the things of this world, we get disconnected from you. Try to teach us over and over again. Here I am. Here's how it works. Here's what it's about. And if you'll follow my ways, listen to my principles, I will give you great joy. You will have fruit that will last, and you will know real life. So Lord, today, would you help us to want that connection more than anything else? And to make it more than just a few moments a day, but to make it our day. To keep our mind on you. To keep our heart on you. And to listen to you. Thank you for the life that you offer to us. Help us to remain in it. In thy name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Sunday morning at 8.15 and 10.45 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next week for Sunday Morning. Faith Assembly Sunday Morning is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.